You're listening to the Swap Mono Live podcast show brought to you by our friends at OGO. Hey, welcome to the new episode of Swap Mono Live podcast presented by OGO. Um, I'm actually in Costa Mesa. It's Saturday morning before Anaheim 1 with uh, my friend Cole Seeley. And uh, you're going to let us uh, follow you around all day today and be up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we used to do these uh, in video version back in the day, and uh, I think I think podcast version is going to be even cooler. Um, I always enjoy listening to podcasts while I'm driving. I'm sure a lot of people would do the same thing, even on the way to the track. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just uh, kind of get an inside look at what it's like to be, um, I guess, or what it's like to stalk me around yeah, <laughs> a or, supercross yeah, day. You know, because like. For me, I'm in and out of all the semis and stuff, and I yeah. see people, but I've never spent the whole day with somebody at a Supercross, so... Yeah, I'm or kinda... pick, picking someone's brain all day, yeah. Yeah, so... Anyway, so we're... Uh, today's the uh, season opener, and... I mean, we had a lunch several months ago, and I was super bummed when I left yet because you said that uh, at the time that thinking about riding a dirt bike again was making you sick to your sick to your stomach so i'm certainly glad that you had a change of heart and you're fully committed to racing again but it was a dark time right yeah yeah it was it was a really dark time for me um yeah it was a few months there where i just yeah like you said i I, every time i thought about riding or saw a dirt bike it just kind of got sick to my stomach and felt really kind of like bitter towards the sport um it's something that myself and pretty much everybody that lines up you know we all commit ourselves to this to this sport and to have it kind of uh bite you like that and and really you feel you feel betrayed in a way by the motorcycle and the sport and and um i don't know i just kind of kind of i knew like going through the whole process like i was really like i was thinking out of fear like every time i thought about it i'd get scared or um when it'd come up i was i wasn't thinking on a stable or uh fear isn't a isn't a stable platform to stand mm-hmm. on to, to make you know crucial decisions that are really going to impact my life like you know am i going to race again or am i going to you know hang it up and um i knew and so did the team kn- knew that i had kind of had to go through that process and and uh figure it out on my own and i was in a pretty you know uh dark place but also in a in a fortunate position to have a team like that stand behind me and and let me figure it out and um not only the team but the rest of my sponsors you know troy Mm -hmm. lee and alpine stars and all these guys were just like really behind me um really through thick and thin in in this last season so um heading into 2019 i was was pretty stoked uh once i finally made the decision to to continue racing and and uh, i was really happy to have those people stick behind me and and you know keep my relationship with everybody and it was uh it was yeah like i said it was a tough time last year but we're uh we're staring the new season in the face right now and I'm ready to get things going you know what was pretty cool is that honda i don't want to say they waited for you but i mean you had a pretty gnarly injury yeah and it's one that people might question oh can you come back from it yeah and it's not like they're like oh Sealy's really messed up yeah find somebody else they let you take your time yeah process your thoughts and your emotions and uh i mean shoot you're you're with everybody all your sponsors are the same except one yeah yeah i know it's it's really cool you know especially a company like honda that's so big and has such a huge uh presence in the sport and in the pits and 
um, just like some really cool people I get to work with. But yeah, all the way up, you know, Eric Kehoe and and Dan Bausch and all these high ups at at Honda, you know, they're like sticking behind me. Like, no, you know, Cole's our guy. We want to we want to see what he wants to do in the future. And, and if racing is in his future still, then then we want to support him. So that like, I mean, <laughs> you can only imagine how much that meant to me. And um, and even you know, even if I had continued or or stopped. Or if, if even if I had stopped and, and luckily I did continue, but um, you know either way that that panned out, it was it was really special to me to know that you know I've built such a good relationship with such a huge company in the sport. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Is that like both you and Kenny had like really gnarly injuries last year? Yeah, and you know on the stuck by both of you guys and yeah, like when, when you're both hurt, I mean because you guys were hurt at the same time. He was a little ahead of you when he broke his arm right? yeah i think it was two or three weeks before me yeah. he broke his arm but did you guys i mean you guys are buddies i mean did you ever talk about the whole the darkness and the, <laughs> the thinking about yeah i mean kenny unfortunately has experience with this from the 2017 season that's yeah. you know <laughs> been a, a spotlight in our sport for the past two years of, of how gnarly his injury was and how epic his comeback was um, but yeah, he was actually one of the first people to text me, um, while I was in the hospital, like, Hey, you know, I know what you're going through and, you know, just stay, stay tough and be mentally tough. And, and, um, you know, you're going to get through this. And he, he was definitely one of the people that was like, um, you know, not by my side, but like in a sense he was because he yeah. was helping me get through it and helping me on, on the mental side of things. And I, 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 I actually have a jersey in my garage of like everybody that kind of signed the next round. I think was Minneapolis or mm. Atlanta or something yeah. like that. Everyone signed and wrote me a little note, and and so like it was crazy to like Kenny included to have all these riders like you know giving me these messages, sending me texts, and even like Jason Anderson last year, like one of my <laughs> biggest rivals, was like one of the first guys to text me and tell me you know hey like sorry about your injury, you know I'm I'm thinking about you kind of thing. So it's uh this sport is like a big family as you know and we're all pretty close even though we we don't talk to each other on race day you know it's the the image of team honda is like oh the big powerful super corpo team and everything but the the atmosphere on the pits is like super it feels like a big family yeah yeah and, and i think you'll learn that throughout the race day is um how much help i'm getting how much you know whether it's watching footage or um aj our our videographer has a a program that'll show ghosting like it'll ghost the 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 fastest lap time versus my time or my time versus you know another guy Mm -hmm. through a section like what what sections are working how everybody kind of has each other's back and everyone um is is really just there to elevate everyone everyone else and and make sure that kenny and i are are really prepared to to go do battle Mm mm-hmm Okay, so you had uh, two off-season races, uh, Italy and what was the other one? Uh, Torino, Italy, uh, Torino, Italy, Italy, and uh, Geneva, Switzerland. Oh, okay, so Italy and Switzerland. So you had two gate drops. Um, this will be your first like AMA Supercross in like I think ten months, right? Yeah, ten months. So, how are you feeling? I mean, were the gate drops good? Because I know it's, there's a big difference between hauling ass on a Supercross track by yourself and then doing it with 19 guys on either side of you yeah um yeah i think geneva was was the more realistic one um unfortunately i had some 
bad mishaps on both the starts in the main event nights, but um, won one of my heat races over there, so that felt really good. Um, the second night, I was actually stoked because I went down on the start with like Osborne and a couple other guys, pulled into the pits really quick, straightened out my front end, and then actually hopped in in front of Barsha like he was like three or four seconds behind me, and then I started to gap him. <laughs> so I was all stoked because I was like almost lapped down, but I'm, I'm pulling the leaders. Um, so that was actually like probably my best showing over there, but uh, yeah. And then then were we, they were they throwing you the lapper flag and you're pulling away? No, not really. But like they were throwing it to guys in front of me. Yeah. And then I think they like some of the guys thought I was oh, leading, so they let me by, uh, which kind of <laughs> made it a little less sketchy to pass some guys. But yeah, that that was a that was a really cool one actually. I've done Paris, Geneva, and then Italy now. And then when I went to Italy, it was fun because it's pretty much just me, Brayton, and and Malcolm. Unfortunately, Malcolm got hurt, but. Um, yeah, me and me and Brayton had some battles and um, not a whole lot of room to pass over there, so I was mm, those are uh, narrow tracks. Yeah, but won one of the main events over there and um, just got to check out another part of the country, I guess. Yeah. So how are you feeling coming into tonight? Are you are you pretty confident, or is there going to be some nerves? You think? Yeah, um, a lot of nerves for sure. Nerves, um, excitement. Um, anytime. I don't. I don't know if it's like because of my injury coming back or just the start of a new season i I know i haven't had a race against all the top names in our uh, at least in our country in a long time um so that's definitely um playing in on the nerve side of things but also anytime you come into a new season you know everyone's so fresh going so fast and um almost like it's almost like exaggerated like everyone when we line up for practice is gonna be like ready to to throw down and uh yeah, I just gotta be gotta be ready for that, and um, we'll see we'll see how things go throughout the day. Yeah. So yesterday at press day, uh, the track was pretty complete. Instead of just riding one section, they let you ride the whole track minus the whoops. I yeah. Think. I know. I was sitting there in the stands watching, and I think there's a missing whoop section for a triple, and I watched <laughs> everyone just OJ the shit out of the thing. Yeah. Um, what were your impressions of the track without the whoops at press day? um it was pretty good i mean typical press day like the the track seems like it's rushed to be finished kind of you know it, that's just how it is and i'm sure that's exactly <laughs> what was going on with dirt works you know they kind of mm-hmm. like like oh we got press day we got to hurry up and finish this thing so some of the transitions don't flow quite as well as it w- they will during the race um and then yeah like you said the whoop section wasn't done i opted to jump it like on my third lap because i was so afraid of overshooting the thing because uh, you get like a hundred yard run up to a 65 yeah. foot triple and uh 450s are pretty fast nowadays <laughs> so yeah it was it was good though i mean rhythm sections are going to be tricky the there's one that's going to be um uh, like i assume there's going to be three or four different ways through it uh and what's going to be the fastest still is still up in the air and i'm sure that uh it, like as the night goes on it and with the possibility of rain everything's going to be changing so mm-hmm. definitely a lot of variables going through the day and but yeah the, the track was pretty good on press day so i'm pretty excited it's 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 kind of different like than a typical and i'm one too it's like um usually they're it's more traditional style this one's kind of got the cool jump over the fi- or jump over the start straight and then jump over it again yeah those two doubles are really big yeah the first one especially is a booter um kind of reminds me of bmx jumps though so i'm pretty excited for that um but yeah i mean i I think the track's pretty pretty awesome actually they did a good job with it i think Mm -hmm. so entering round one you are 
Are you 100% physically? Are you recovered from the injuries? Yeah, 100%. Um, 100% back to, like, the way I was supposed to be, you know? Like, yeah. didn't lose didn't lose much, and what I did lose, I was able to, to gain back in the extended offseason I had um, working alongside my trainer, Blake Savage. Um, in Like, it was kind of weird. Like, every time you have an injury, and this one – especially you kind of learn something about your body so like this Mm -hmm. this time i obviously with the pelvis and then i ripped my abs off my pelvis too Mm -hmm. so i had to re learn how to use my re kind of strengthen my abs and i wasn't able to use them for two or three months um just to let them heal back onto the the pelvis and it, it definitely taught me a lot about um i learned a lot about posture restoration and just the way that you know I'm not really doing things right when I'm in the gym. So it really kind of like waterfalled into everything like mm-hmm. I was doing in life. And, um, I think I almost think I learned from it and I might be better off having, you know, unfortunately I had to go through an injury to learn that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I think posture restoration and, and correct posture is something that kind of everyone needs to know. And yeah. unfortunately I had to learn it the hard way. Did that change your riding style at all? I don't think it changed my riding <clears throat> style. Cause my, my riding style is pretty, um, pretty loose and like that's just how i've always been and it's kind of hard to change that yeah but it definitely changed like the way i i am thinking when i'm in the gym and even when i'm on the bicycle about certain breathing techniques and um just correct posture to have mm-hmm. um and it, it, it makes you more efficient and maybe it did trickle into my riding and i just didn't know and it was it was uh you know second nature to me but i don't, I don't know it's, it, I, i'm really kind of glad that i discovered the things i did and, and blake was a huge uh, help and inspiration for that. Mm-hmm. He he really took the time to learn um, the ins and outs of, of the correct ways to build my body back into 100%. And um, I'm really thankful for that. Cool. So yesterday at uh, press day, you, you had that new Troy Lee kit. It was like, yeah, it was kind of like red, white, blue, light blue. Yeah. Kind of straight. Is that what yeah. you'd be racing in? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was. Uh, I didn't even know it was like a new gear because I, I had seen it a few months back when we did a photo shoot with it. But yeah, I, I was actually pretty surprised the the like response I got from it. Like people yeah. were really stoked with it. Which I mean, Charlie always kind of does something cool for A one, but um, this kid especially. It's it's just like the simplicity of it mixed with like the traditional Troy Lee like style. I think is is really cool. And then uh, yeah, this this weekend I have Adidas on my chin bar as longtime sponsor, and then um for most of the season excluding the first two rounds i'll have a uh, health aid and uh, health aid kombucha mm-hmm. a new sponsor that came aboard like within the past few weeks so mm-hmm. pretty excited about Dude, that that's that <laughs> that's that like gnarly tasting stuff <laughs> <laughs> that's what everyone i, I like the taste of kombucha yeah. so i don't my, know like my daughter's crazy about that yeah stuff. i love it and uh i actually like kombucha is the one thing i like drink and i actually feel really better like a lot better after i drink it really and so it's like supposed to be is it probiotics or is this yeah probiotics it's like a it's a healthy tea and probiotic um Mm -hmm. and i just honestly just like heard that it had tastes good so i i actually put up an instagram post about like to my fans like hey what do you guys like what kombucha do you guys like drinking and the health aid company reached out to me like hey let us send you some stuff and and then like (laughs) and that was like three or four months ago so it's just organically turned into my yeah to one of my sponsors and it, it's pretty rad like i hate selling out so to have a company behind me that like i really do yeah. like to drink and enjoy and it actually is has health benefits to uh-huh, it is uh-huh. uh 
it's all kind of organic and I, I really like those kind of relationships no uh algae <laughs> <laughs> no comment yeah. um yeah well i mean i'm assuming they're giving you this stuff that isn't this stuff like five bucks a bottle or something i don't to be honest good. i don't know because like yeah. like i said i was just getting into it and yeah and they're like hey let us send you a box and and uh you gotta find the right the right flavor for you uh-huh. though like that's the Dude, key yeah. to it <laughs> i think the gnarly thing is that i tried one that i think it was ginger flavor or something or yeah ginger the ginger ones are really dude ginger is like like if that plant went extinct off the face of the earth <laughs> i would not be sad that yeah. and carrots but like like you know when you get sushi and there's that yeah, yeah ginger, it's, if it's <laughs> touching anything it just ruins the taste of the whole thing uh but yeah you gotta definitely find like like if you like apples get one that's apple flavored if yeah. you let you know it's you gotta kind of find your flavors do they sure. have a chocolate donut flavor <laughs> <laughs> that, that's uh What's his name? Dahmer. Dahmer. Yeah, Dahmer's Dahmer's on the program. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I've noticed that, well, I've not noticed, but Troy Lee has like the new SE Pro line. Yeah. And then that Adidas Ultra line. Yep. And dude, it's like the best fitting gear Troy Lee's ever made. You yeah, know, the like new. The stuff was typically, in my mind, it was like baggy. You know? Yeah, it was always baggy. so I baggy. figured that Troy and fancied himself a 32 or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, how much role <laughs> did you have in that? It, I, a lot of actually i would i would sit at design meetings mm-hmm. with these guys and tell them you know sit at a table with the head designers troy included and um even guys on the board there and just sit at and be, put my two cents in which you know i've been at the company for 10 or 11 years now so to kind of have the um ability <coughs> to do that definitely i want to take advantage of that so i'd like to say i had a big impact in the new pan i don't know how much i actually did but um years ago this was probably five or six years ago i was one of the big advocates on ditching all the um you know like plastic and i don't know the right word for it but this the rubbery stuff on the The patches yeah and and slimming it up and putting the um the flex panels in the right position and and kind of like and and troy would send guys to the track with me all the time and we'd kind of go over it and and um learn on on those days but yeah it's it's especially like the new adidas stuff is that is, stuff is sick yeah it's i mean that is for performance riding yeah. right that that is i mean above and beyond i think that's the direction that Charlie's is going to go but even the new se stuff is incredible like mm-hmm. so lightweight um the stretch is in the right spots and in the right direction and the, the fit is just way better so i'm i'm very excited to to be wearing that stuff yeah and then you had to switch to 100% goggles. Yeah, right? kind of last minute too. I'm really glad they had had enough room for me on the team. Um, but yeah, Kuzo and and Andy and everybody over at 100%'s been awesome. Like sending product out and getting to the track and making sure that I'm happy and and have the best fitting stuff. And what they have in the future, what I've heard is is um, really exciting. And I'm I'm happy that I hopped on board when I did and um, had a really good relationship with with my last goggle brand but um 100 i mean it's it's a legit deal and i'm really excited to be a part of that program mm-hmm. cool well hey uh looking at the clock we need to get over to the track yeah so yep um all right well uh i'll come find you before the day's riding starts and uh we'll go from there but stoked on the uh, opportunity today and uh, i'll see you there thank you thank you ogeo has been around for three decades but it was in 2001 that the brand forever changed the way we think about gear bags. With never seen before features, like specific storage compartments for your boots, helmets, gear and more, the OGO 9800 is the most popular gear bag in motocross. 
visit ogeopowersports.com. Hey, what's up, guys? Malcolm Stewart. This offseason, I've been training harder than ever getting ready for 2019, and I've been using Rhino Power supplements before, during, and after my training, and has made a big difference, especially the motivation pills. Use Swap Moto as your discount code at checkout for 10% off your purchase, plus free shipping on rhinopower.com. Okay, I'm joined right now by Eric Kehoe, who is a team manager for Honda HRC, and a, uh, a longtime buddy of mine, actually, from way back in the... Uh, Yamaha and Honda of Troy days, but uh, you're, uh, this is your second season now here, right? Yeah, yeah, second season back. Um, I was here for, uh, gosh, what, nine seasons before that, mm-hmm. and then took a few years off, <clears throat> back in action here, and uh, we've got a great team this year, and looking forward to it, yeah. yeah. So in the time that you were away, what was the biggest change in the program here? Ooh, I don't, you know, it's constantly evolving, you know, um, and I know the HRC is back involved heavily right now so that's probably one of the biggest changes mm-hmm. um, you know Dan Bentley did an awesome job kind of with some upgrades and different things that uh, that went on here um, during my time when I was gone and uh, it's we've got a really good staff we got great racers you know you know Kenny and Cole both are like really strong right now mm-hmm. I know they've been they've been battling injuries the last you know season or two but um, they're coming back strong right now and the confidence is building so I'm looking forward to it cool so expand on that a little bit the HRC um, HRC is like the works portion of Honda Racing, correct? Yes, correct. Um, you know, HRC is heavily involved with with many forms of racing, obviously, but um, they they kind of got back on focus with uh, focusing on motocross, supercross, mm-hmm. and on helping us to uh, you know bring the bring our our team and our equipment to another level. So they've really helped on the on the technical side to help with that. Mm-hmm. And then they have uh, there's some HRC products available from Honda, right? Yeah. Like. Uh, are the magnesium parts and stuff? Yeah, they, they have several parts. I think that they're that they're marketing. Um, but right now, it's it's more for us. It's it's about the technology and, and moving forward and evolving the bike in a in a in a positive direction. As you know, you know the four strokes have been inherently uh, heavy, and so we're we're constantly working on lightening things up and mm-hmm. making things stronger. Um, you know, these 450s have so much power, as you know. Yeah. Um, it's more about rideability and, you know, just, you know, kind of evolving things for the future to, to make the bikes easier to ride for the guys. So would you say that the bikes now, with HRC involved, are they trickier than the ones that you had when you were at Honda previously? Um, you know what? We had, it was, it's just different, you know, because we had a self-reliance uh, movement um, at, at one time, and we were doing a lot of stuff here, which we still do a lot of stuff here um, domestically, but... Um, I think for them, you know, they have the designers at HGA and HRC, you know, the engineers that are back there behind the scenes, you know, that's where the real technology comes from. So, you know, they, um, they help us quite a bit. And I think it's, uh, you know, the program's at another level um, from, from them helping out. Cool. So, hey, today I'm, uh, I'm shadowing Cole through his uh, Anaheim One Day. Um, how has he been to work with as team manager, rider relationship goes? Uh, you know, Cole's a really good really good you know top professional racer he's um serious when it ta- when it's time to be serious and then there's other times when he's uh you know messing around and keeping it light and keeping it fun so um i think his biggest thing right now has been you know getting that confidence back after you know that injury that he had because we you know we all know how talented and great racer he is but in his mind you know he's got to just overcome that injury and and you know get back to that confident level where he uh, where he deserves to be so yeah. So I think just as a person, Cole's like, he's a professional guy. You know, he's, he's, 
He's intelligent. He's well-spoken. He takes himself very seriously. Um, that's got to translate into a, a very pleasant guy to be a team manager of because he's not like, like, I mean, you've probably had some guys that were kind of loose cannons back in the day that you had to rein in at times, but um, is he an easy guy to uh, to uh, control? Or uh, maybe that's not the right word, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, the bottom line is, I, I know where you're getting with that. It's, it's like if, if we say, hey, we're testing on Tuesday at 9 a.m., he's there. Yeah. <laughs> he shows yeah. up with his tools, you know, with his, his gear and, you know, ready to go mm -hmm. um, because he knows the team. You know, it, it takes a lot to, for the team to be there and, uh, you know, uh, supply the equipment and, mm -hmm. you know, their schedules to keep. And so from that angle, yes, he's real professional and he shows up when he needs to be, mm -hmm. whether it's dealer signings, um, autograph signings. Um, you know, he, he does what he needs to do to be at that top level that he's at. And uh, that, that makes my job easier for sure because you're not having to chase him down. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the injury was pretty big. And uh, I was talking with his mechanic, Jordan, earlier. But, like, there was a time when I, I had, I think I had lunch with Cole. And he said the thought of getting back on a dirt bike makes him sick to his stomach. And he was thinking about moving back to Newberry Park and, doing some other things obviously he's had a huge change of heart and he's 100% committed to it again but as his team manager well he was very complimentary of you and Honda saying you gave him space and didn't want him to like resign right away and everything but what was your strategy there did you have to tread lightly yes um, as you know you know us being friends for a long time you know my history um, I broke my back three times. I had surgery on it. I dislocated my hip. I've had three hip replacements. Um, I, I've had a lot of injuries and surgeries and stuff, you know, with all the years of racing. So I get it. I get right exactly where he was at. I know mentally. And I, I just, you know, informed our staff, hey, let's give him space. It's going to take, you have to go through a, a, a cycle, you know, and there's, there's time to just let that uh, mentally sink in, heal up. I mean, you know, the mental side of healing, it's something that's probably not focused on, but it's it's a big part of it. So physically, I knew, you know, just based on, on what the doctors were saying in the beginning, he was going to heal up from that. The mental side takes longer, and it's it's a little tougher. And, you know, we showed that, you know, we, we, we're behind our guy. He's he's one of our team guys, and so we wanted to give him that proper time to, to heal up both mentally and physically, come back strong, give him the opportunity to come out here and, He's a racer. I mean, that's that's what he does, and, and he knows that deep down he's a racer, just like you and I. You know, we're from from just an older time, but he's um, you know, he's he's coming back strong, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, you know get that momentum going. What was it like when he first came back? Was he timid, or was it just? I think he actually told me it was like I wasn't off at all. I slipped right back into it. Yeah, honestly, the first day of riding out there, it went to milestone. I think that first day, and. I, you know, his first couple jumps, he was already scrubbing and doing, you know, just, you're just going, wow. And and that's one of the things that's unique about Cole. As this sport evolves, you know, he's he's always on that on that edge, cutting edge of like, you know, new techniques and things. You know, I'm always watching his, his you know, as his riding evolves. But um, I think, I wouldn't say timid. I would say that he was cautious at first, you know, when he was coming back, and which understandably you know like he just get his getting his bearings back and i think that he's uh i could see that confidence growing you know last week at our test track you could see some of the stuff he was doing and you're just like okay man cole's back yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's uh you know he's riding well he got two two off-season races in got some gate drops um get some confidence building there and um you know he's got a new mechanic jordan this year that's uh, been been a huge you know benefit and mm -hmm. i think uh his program's coming together cool
So entering today's race at Anaheim one and you knowing Cole's potential, where is he percentage wise right now? Oh gosh, I, I'd say, you know, physically he's at a hundred percent. I think the main thing is like I just previously mentioned his confidence. He's going to need some more gate drops with all the guys here. Yeah. You know, even those off season races, he went, there was maybe half a quarter of the guys there. It's different when you're on the line and all the guys are there, you know. Yeah. So um, I think that's that's going to be, you know, our, our you know our plan is to get in here, get the get the series started, um, you know, get out of these first few races healthy, and uh, get build some confidence. And you know he's gonna he's gonna peak a little bit later in the series. He'll peak and he'll be uh, and he'll be ready to do that when it's time. And he knows when that time is. So right now we're here. The team's behind him 100% to give him the tools to go do his job. And then. Well, when it's time, he'll he'll go out there and do it. Okay, so I'm going to check in with him several times through the day, but I know that you know I've stopped by before, or you go by any truck after practice, you see the mechanic and the team manager and the technicians talking to the rider. What sort of conversations are you having? Are you talking about lines and setup, or you better do that jump? Or yeah, there's multiple things going on, and 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 our approach, you know, you've got to have that information. You, you watch all the guys out there, and you can see lines. Um, that you know maybe our guys are either faster in a certain section or or maybe they're losing time and so our job is just to point that out give them the information and once they have the information they're the talent yeah they're the talented riders we can't tell them how to ride you know they're they're the guys that know that so um, we just give them the information and 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 then vice versa they give us information about the bike if they're if something's you know, let's say the suspension's a little too soft or if it's too firm or, or, you know, something like that, or maybe it's gearing, you know, gearing change or something like that. But, you know, we get that information from them, um, you know, and then if we need to do adjustments on the bike to make them more comfortable, we'll do that. And then vice versa, we'll give them information that we're seeing, um, like say for the, uh, the filming that we do, and we'll, we'll let them know that, hey, you know, do you try this line or try that line, or, you know, this is just give them the information and let them do their job. And then even during the practice, um, you're out there and you're watching Cole, you're watching Kenny, and you're watching some standout guys. But are you also watching what like Cole and Kenny's bikes are doing? And you come back with that kind of feedback too? Yes, and, and for our team here, we've got um, uh, a pretty big staff. So we've got a, a lot of eyeballs watching. So you know, our, our job is to watch them, um, give them the information, you know, come back here, um, talk with the technicians, um, their mechanics, um, both Oscar and Jordan are, you know, two of the top mechanics in this sport. So they've got, uh, they've got the knowledge and abilities to, to help fine tune things when it comes time to make the guys comfortable. And, uh, we just help, um, you know, communication is key and we like to bring back that information and, and let them do their job. Cool. Well, Hey, I'm going to let you get back to it. And, uh, thanks for catching up with Lee Hawk. Cool. All right. Thank you, Don. Hey guys, Hunter Lawrence here. Lately I've been spending a whole lot of time at the mountain bike trails in the local area on my intense primer and the thing's badass. For how good it is going up the hill, it's uh, amazing coming down the hill. It's uh, comfortable, nimble and it doesn't feel uh, like you're going to go over the bars every five seconds. Uh, all their bikes in their lineup are awesome. So yeah, you're ready to get serious about training on a cross country bike or crushing lap times at your local trails or if you want to go a bit further longer and faster they they just brought out a new taser e-bike which is uh, yeah everyone's given the double thumbs up on so head down to your local intense dealer or, or purchase uh, directly at intensecycles.com check it out guys 
I'm uh, in the team Honda HRC pits with uh, Jordan Troxel, who is Cole Seeley's new mechanic. Um, man, how did uh, how did the uh, the new pairing come about? Man, it, it was. Uh, I feel like it was a lengthy road, but then it it all happened so quick. Um, I had just kind of was thinking about looking outside the box for 2019 and maybe doing something different. I've been at TOD for a long time and um, I was in contact with Cole's old mechanic, uh, Rich Simmons, who I actually used to work with on, on TOD for like four years. Yeah. We worked together and um, he was kind of keeping me in the loop on some of the things that he had going on and some of his decision making and, and we were just kind of, we've talked numerous times throughout our career and just kind of help each other out and, and talk about like, our next career move and things like that. And then. When he finally made his decision, uh, what he was going to do, he called me and he's like, hey man, uh, I'm going to leave and I would love if you'd come and work for Cole. And yeah. I was like, wow. So I took, um, took that very serious and um, it was just, it was really cool to be, you know, considered and be first on, on Rich's list. Uh, I know he's worked with Cole for close to 10 years now, so um, there's, there's no real replacing Rich. I mean, him yeah. and Cole, they've had a bond for, for a very long time, so... Um, you know, I know it's going to be tough, but at the same time, I feel very honored that Rich, you know, considered me and is the only one to really step in and, and try to fill his shoes. So. And then uh, you were already friendly with Cole because when he was on Team TLD, yep. you were there as well. So you guys already had a friendship built, correct? Yeah. Um, like I said, I've known Cole for a, a long time. When I started TLD in 2011, Cole was there and then... You know, he was working with Rich, but we did four seasons traveling together under the tent and things like that. So um, I knew him a little bit. He's still a pretty quiet guy, so I'm still working to, you know, to get through that wall and, and try to read his face, you know, when, when he's not talking and as to what's going on inside there. But um, I think um, we're definitely getting there, and, and I'm, I'm excited to learn him. It's, it's part of a challenge for us. Um, working on the bike is it's kind of only like half of our job and the rest is, is working with our guys and, and figuring them out and, and everything else that goes with it so I'm excited for the challenge yeah so when Cole's uh, when he's sitting there and you're wondering what he's thinking he's probably thinking about drift cars right <laughs> probably uh, yeah sometimes uh, I, I don't know what's going on in there but um, he's he's really mellow and quiet and serious and um, you know when it comes to time to race time they're all kind of like that so uh, it shouldn't be an issue so did rich tell you anything about like uh, about Cole or what he needs or what pushes his buttons or what he likes with his bike or anything did he give you any advice like that uh, yeah me and rich still talk like kind of weekly um, still run things by him you know if I if I'm uh, trying to figure something out with the bike or with Cole or whatever it might be you know I'll give rich a call and and uh, we kind of set up that communication from, from the beginning. And um, it's, no, it's good. It definitely helps me. So what is Cole, uh, what's he like as a rider? Is it like compared to guys you've worked with in the past, is he, is he pretty easy on a bike, hard on a bike, super picky, or how, how's he rank? Uh, he's actually really easy on the bike. He doesn't squeeze it that hard. Um, he doesn't abuse the clutch or anything like that. So as far as that aspect, I'm, I'm really lucky there. He's a little picky about his controls, but as they should be. I mean, if, if you ride, you want it perfect every time, and, and that's uh, that's not a problem at all. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about the bike. I mean, I'm looking at it right now, and I see things like you guys have a hydraulic clutch on it, which is not standard. So um, anything else crazy on it? Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's 
it's not crazy to me, even though I'm new, but um, it is a works, uh, you know, clutch assembly and, and everything, and um, everything's kind of custom made in Japan for the bike and in that sense. And there's a couple other <clears throat> cool things on it that, you know, maybe aren't available to the public, uh, some magnesium case and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, but I, I hate to say I'm, I'm spoiled, but it, um, it's, it's definitely spoiled me. Yeah. So I know that like Honda's had hydraulic clutches on their riders' bikes, and then they've not. So like depending on the rider, they like it or they dislike it. Um, what feedback have you gotten from uh, from Cole about it, or what did he have a, ch a choice? Um, you know, I think the guys get to choose, and they ha they have their preference. Um, you know, when I when I got here, they've been running it for a couple years, so. I think everybody was kind of happy and, and set with it and you know as far as I know there's there's no real bugs knock on wood with it and um, yeah it's, I think it's a preference thing I mean I feel like if we wanted to try the cable clutch and go back we would certainly have the opportunity to do so but uh, as of right now I think everyone's happy with the hydraulic setup yeah because I think I want to say Trey had it and took it off because he didn't like the way it started or something like off the line yeah it's funny Trey Trey's uh, helping the team out with some testing and things lately and and uh, he ran through that stuff back to back last month or whatever, and I, I think he might still have a preference for the cable clutch. <laughs> but like I said, it, it's just rider preference, the way it feels. Nice. All right. So Cole is uh, coming off. Well, he's been riding and, st and racing, but he, this past year he had a pretty serious injury, and it was bad enough that like I was having coffee with him one day, and he said he didn't know if he was going to race. He actually said the thought of getting back on the dirt bike makes me sick to my stomach. So he's obviously had a change of heart and he's back and everything, but like, how do you feel he is mentally and physically? Is he back 100% or is he still building? Man, it, it's been awesome. Like I heard those stories and I, I watched the interview with you and, and things like that before this, this uh, opportunity ever came about. And um, you certainly, you saw the hesitation in him, in him then. Um, but since day one, I've been working with him. I mean, he's never said one word about his injury. It, doesn't affect him at all um i've been watching him ride for three months now and uh he he's definitely i wouldn't say it's mentally affecting him because i see that he's still he doesn't do it half-ass at the practice track he puts it all out there and he he leaves it out there at the end of his moto and um when guys do that you can't do that if you're mentally holding back yeah so i know that that he's you know pushed past that at least in the off season I'm sure today and the first couple rounds of the series will bring some nerves and things like that, and, and that's normal, that's expected. So um, I'm prepared for that, and I think he is as well. And um, But as far as I can tell since I've been here, I don't see any negative effects. Uh, what's he like working for? Like, I mean, he's, he's one of those guys that's really savvy with his social media yeah. and pretty calculated with it. And he's obviously a smart guy, you know, so compared to guys you've had in the past is it is it a change or have they all been like this no each guy's different uh their personality he's just like i say he's a little bit more quiet that's the only thing that that i can pick up on is um he just keeps himself a lot and there's nothing wrong with that uh, as far as the, the track you know he'll still joke around and yeah. and bullshit with us and whatever and um that's fine so in that aspect he's he's pretty normal like the rest of them uh, what are the thoughts about today? Like, uh, we've got a potential mud race tonight. Um, are you prepared with foam and solid rotors and all that mud stuff? 
Uh, rule number one, Don, don't talk about the weather. <laughs> Just keep your fingers crossed and shut up, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's Right now, I guess it's not looking good for the night. It's weird if the window of rain could just push back like three hours, I think we'd be in the clear. Yeah. But um, no, we're getting ready here. The next hour we're gonna go over our mud stuff and, and get it ready. I think practice should be dry, so we'll worry about it yeah. come night show. What type of things do you have prepared though, should it start raining? I mean, it's just the standard, uh, maybe some foot peg prep and depends on if there's gonna be standing water, seal the air box up. So we don't suck in water. And then, you know, we have the option of the mud rotors if it's bad enough. and. Yeah. Yeah, how like bad that. does it actually have to be for solid mud rotors to make a difference? Muddy. <laughs> like pretty bad, right? Like Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think a lot of it is just like the mud will get packed in the holes. Yeah. And then it can just eat through the, the pads a lot quicker. But. All right. Well, Cole's a California kid. How do you think his uh, mud riding skills are? <laughs> it's funny. I was talking to him about it this week when, when the forecast showed up and I was like, Cole, you're a pretty good mud rider, yeah? And he was like, well, I thought so until I went to <laughs> London last year. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's you would think 11 playing field, but I don't know. I'm up for whatever. Yeah. So. Cool, man. Well, uh, good luck at your uh, first big A1 with Team Honda. Right on. Thanks, Don. I appreciate it. first free practice session of the day is used by riders to learn the track before the afternoon's time qualifying sessions. Though the weather was cloudy and overcast, the track remained dry and in perfect conditions. Alright Cole, so uh, free practice is over. <clears throat> How do you approach free practice? It's like you're not really trying to lay down heaters because it's not qualifying, right? I mean, or, or is it for peace of mind you try to turn in a good lap time? Um... No, I, I mean, I don't always try and go out there and crush it. Like, this time, just kind of, just try to shake off the rust and uh, kind of more so figure out, like, which direction we're going to go with setting. Um, I kind of have some options that I've gotten over the past few weeks, like, just learned that have worked really well with certain situations of what the bike's doing. So I kind of wanted to feel it out that way this time and um, just have a better understanding of what the bike's going to do and how... How the dirt is, I feel like the dirt's a little, got a little bit more moisture in it today. Mm -hmm. Like, and obviously later it's gonna have a lot it, more moisture. It, it looked a little slippery on the bridge when you spun out. Yeah, it was a little slick before the what, bridge. What happened there? You were just cruising. Yeah, I was just cruising, and, and I was actually trying to stay out of uh, somebody's way, and I <laughs> got some wheel spin going up the bridge and didn't quite make it all the way up. But no, it's it like I said, it's just kind of a just get get a good feel for traction and, and what the bike's doing so all that stuff okay so in the lobby you were just watching a video overlay yeah so that's pretty helpful to see like different combos and stuff right yeah especially when it's like something that really stands out like there's an obvious section or there's an obvious line where you're like oh that's way better like we learned just now about a, a rhythm lane um, so that that helps a lot. Sometimes it's like, oh, that guy's going really fast to the whoops. Like, what are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> like, you just gotta commit to the whoops. But um, yeah, it's it, when it's an obvious situation, and, and probably 60, 70 percent of the time it is um, mm -hmm. that the overlay definitely helps out. Like, kind of just mentally lets you see it, and uh, or visually, I should say, lets you see it, and then uh, when you're out there mentally, you can kind of put it together. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about overlay. So it kind of came out a few years ago, right? And it was called Dartfish at first. Yeah. And your your guy here is doing his own version, but it's basically uh, video 
it would be a video of yourself and then you take an overlay of somebody else that was doing something different yeah and you're kind of ghosting racing the ghost then right yeah That's yeah what it looks like. yeah it, it looks like almost like a video game like when you have a like you're doing time attack and, yeah, yeah. and then your last laugh's like neck or in front of you beside you or, or whatever so yeah it, it's uh it looks like kind of like a ghost riding next to you or whoever and um just kind of compare times like start at the same time and then um you know by the time they do get to the finish line you can kind of compare mm-hmm. what you know in the long run like what uh what sections were faster where i was faster where they were faster or vice versa so yeah. that's so what did you learn just now like a combo that you were doing is faster a different way yeah like i actually kind of spent that whole whole practice trying to figure out one of the sections and got it down and then when we watched that it turns out the way i was doing it yesterday on press day was a little faster so it's just kind of the way that the, they changed the section too so um mm-hmm. that's always a, a you know a variable like the the track crew might see something and like want it to you know instead of one set racing line they might want to have four so mm-hmm. they can kind of alter the track to, to do that so yeah between yesterday's press day and today it's, the tracks changed just a tiny bit when you're out there learning the track and run practice and there's like an obvious fast way to do a, a rhythm section or a combo do you also do it a different way because like in a racing situation someone smashes you in a corner you have to know how to attack the section if you can't do it the ideal way yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think we we have so much time on the track. You kind of learn, you know, your I don't know your main line and then your alternate line for yeah. like what you're saying. If you need to make a pass or you you got to race uh, defensively, um, you kind of learn that throughout the day. So yeah, it, it definitely applies. And once you're in the racing situation, it's completely different, right? Like you get into it and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a fight or flight. Like you're just like making quick decisions and um, yeah, it's. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it it definitely grows the experience to learning that how to how to kind of cope with that and deal with it. Yeah. Hey, do you uh, ride and race on race day with a heart rate monitor? No, I've done I've done it before, but I don't like it. Because why do you dislike it? I just don't. I've had it fall down, like oh, fall down to oh, my waist, and I hate it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. like feeling the heart rate strap either. So I mean, I don't know. It's it is what it is. I mean, it, it's kind of a thing like if you're not in shape now you know yeah i mean i I know how people want to study it and like see where what zones they want to train in but i don't know it's there's the old school way of doing things too yeah yeah cool well uh i guess good luck in the uh, time practice what what is your strategy in that is it like go out and bust it out early or no i kind of do it different because i i've never been one to throw down a really fast lap time ever like even if i try i actually end up going slower so i, I try and treat it like a practice session like a like a practice session at the track like at our test track like do some some laps together take a cool down lap do some laps together and then take a cool down lap and then whatever's left kind of moto that so yeah. I, I like to try and use it as like a race almost okay so is there a like an unspoken etiquette out there like yeah. Stay out of these ways. <laughs> Stay out of, yeah, at 450 class is pretty good about it. At 250 class, there's there's a lot of guys getting in each other's way. Yeah. But 450 class, you definitely kind of have better etiquette and practice. Cool. Thanks, man. For over six decades, Scott Motorsports has pushed the limits of innovation, providing our customers with the most advanced technology available. Scott is honored to be the exclusive eyewear sponsor of the Swap Moto Live podcast. Athletes such as Chad Reed, Justin Barsha, and myself, Adam Ciantrillo, require the best performance, which is why we choose the Scott Prospect Goggle. 
Recognized as the number one goggle in racing, Scott is proud to be made in the USA. Check out scott-sports.com to see their complete line of high-performance goggles. All right, I'm joined with uh, Blake Savage, who is Cole's trainer for, this is their second year, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, I guess the first question is, like, is he ready? He is ready. Um, he He's had a really good offseason. I'm, I'm happy he was able to do those two races because, you know, just coming off of the injury that he had last year, it can, it can you know, if you just show up at the first race, you still have some, you know, maybe demons that you're dealing with. So I'm glad he was able to go do two off-season races and and get that out of the way. And as far as everything else, um, his training is has been um, going going to plan. Um, riding, it has been really good. No no uh, crashes or anything this off-season. And um, as far as the team um, and his bike and everything, those guys have been working so hard to get his bike um, feeling as good as as good as possible and he's i mean all around this this whole off scene is off season has gone really well out of um out of the last couple years of working with him i'm most excited for this year just in just the place that he's at mentally physically um i mean with a with, with a veteran like cole it's just it's just trying to find a lot of the little things to to make him better he's already uh, very seasoned has a lot of time of racing under his belt so it's just finding a lot of the little things to to make him better so um i think he's in a really good good place right now and you know at one point it was it was kind of it was a question like will he go will he go racing again so i think right now just being back racing is just a bonus for him mm-hmm. um you know you're a former supercross racer yourself um does being a, uh, a racer in the past give you better insight when you're training someone like Cole? Like, because you kind of understand. I mean, even though you weren't at the exact same level he's at, you do have good insight. It definitely does. I know what these guys go through on a, on a day-to-day basis and, and what it takes to um, show up at the practice track, uh, recovered, and, and to put in the motos. And, and I, know, I know what they go through. I know I can tell, like, when they show up, on a practice day just by looking at them like are they you know what what um what energy level they're going to be at and and kind of where their recovery has been um i feel like it does kind of give me um a good feeling of you know how hard it is to to do 20 minutes on a on a supercross track and and um yeah, I guess I can just relate a lot better. I couldn't imagine not being able to relate and just and just hammer these guys into the ground. But I know how hard it is to to do the motos, do the training, recover from it. So I I'm happy I, I do have that knowledge. Mm-hmm. It'd kind of be like not having the experience yourself. It'd be like, oh hey Blake, can you go train uh, that girl who's a synchronized swimmer? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it. It's very difficult if you if you haven't been there and done it. So. I actually, I've I've been writing a bit again lately, just and and I feel like it really gives me a um, a refresher of how hard it is to ride a dirt bike. I mean, it's no joke. When I when I do motos myself, I'm like, man, <laughs> this this stuff is very hard. So um, I gotta I gotta stay up on on doing my motos also, so I can I can appreciate what these guys are doing on top of the training load. Mm-hmm. So, where when you were racing, were you a uh, uh 
a super fit guy or is this a revelation you had after you retired? I was a super, I was, I loved to train, but I didn't know like what I was doing with training. I was just kind of doing a lot of it. So, um, looking back on, uh, and that's kind of like, that's kind of why I chose to do what I do now because I, I love the preparation part of, of getting ready to go racing. So it was an easy transition for me, but now I'm just an educated, uh, more educated, mm -hmm. um, guy now. And, um, yeah, I, I still have that that racer mentality, but I just kind of <laughs> I kind of live it through through my guys now. So it, I'm super passionate about what I do. Um, I mean, just the drive here coming this morning, I I just I had these goosebumps just thinking about you know this this upcoming race season. I I can't wait for these guys to go racing. It's going to be a, a great year. Mm -hmm. Cole mentioned that you guys were uh, changing some things up in the training this off season. Um, What's a typical week like with you guys? Yeah, I mean, it like day to day, it kind of changes, and it and a lot of it changes going back to like, you know, just being able to know their their whole training load, their um, you know the stressors that they're under physically and mentally. So, for me, I kind of change it on the fly. You know, if do I need to kind of you know push these guys a little bit uh, today, or do I need to back off the next day and and um, have them recover to have a really quality practice session the, the following day and, and kind of plan a couple days down the road um, to make sure that we're, we're staying, we're having quality work. Um, I would say this, this off season was a lot different than, than last season. Um, with Cole having an injury and, and being off the bike for quite a while, I, I really wanted him to put a lot of emphasis on, on just doing his motos and, and riding and getting up to speed with that. And, and then he went. He did go and do two off-season races. So that was that was two two weeks of of just some lighter to moderate training. And um, but honestly, the the um, benefit of doing those races was way more than just than staying home and, and staying on the same training program. Mm -hmm. As far as um, you know, like the gym and, and riding and stuff. Yeah, it did train. I would say this season or this off-season was was actually probably less amount of of intensity and volume off of the off of the motorcycle like everything in the gym and on the bicycles was was kind of pulled back a little bit for him and every and then his motos um we just put way more effort into to making sure he was getting quality motos and laps in so that's that's pretty much the main part that was changed Okay, on race day, uh, we're here at Anaheim 1. What are your duties, or how do you interact with Cole today? What sort of things do you look for, and what advice do you give him? Um, honestly, I kind of just take a step back, um, and I just I, I watch from watch from a distance, and, and I'll, I'll just be there for Cole for, for whatever he needs, I, and I kind of tell him what he needs to be doing for, for warm-up, um, between sessions as far as refueling and and hydrating um things like that um if i I'll, you know I'll, of course i'll be able to go up into the stands and watch lines and watch other people and i'll be able to tell him what other people are doing we'll watch the ghosting together and and see where where he needs to be um picking it up or, or switching up lines um that is pretty much my my job it's pretty it, it's pretty 
relaxing day for me really the hard work's done the the hard work's done yeah i'm more of like the the monday to friday guy and i come here and i and i'm just a supporter honestly for these guys um someone like cole's been doing this for so long so that that he likes you know he likes to do certain things he has his he has his whole his whole program down on on race day so um i'm not gonna have i'm not gonna have him do anything drastically different that's gonna um you know make him uncomfortable so kind of leave it up to him and then i'll i'll just you know we'll just kind of um do a little recap at the end of each practice and talk about what he's going to do for the next warm-up for for whether it's a a qualifier or or he and before the main and just make sure that he's staying on on top of his um hydration and and calorie intake through the day Mm -hmm. is it sometimes easy for these guys to not eat enough or not drink enough Oh, totally. You got to force feed these guys a lot of times and and they'll totally forget. They'll just be, they'll be thinking about the riding part of it and not, not really, um, tracking, you know, their calorie intake. So, um, that's where, where me and and Danielle kind of come in and make sure, make sure that we're, um, you know, reminding them to, to make sure that they're eating. Mm -hmm. Hey, so for an athlete, uh, like Cole, how important are like things like supplements and stuff like what, what do you have him on um yeah i mean they're they're pretty they're important their supplements are they're called supplement for a reason um you know you you want to stay on top of it but um it's just basic stuff um carbohydrates electrolytes you know salt base electrolytes um things like that but we don't we don't put a whole lot of thought into that i mean they're there just for just for backup and then we we try to use food as our 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 main source of fuel Mm -hmm. cool oh yeah thanks for the time blake and uh i'm sure i'll bump into you more times today yeah thank you i appreciate it what's up this is christian craig as a motocross racer being in top physical shape is a must and my favorite way to train is cycling and whether it's road biking or mountain biking i rely on roy cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Life podcast for additional discounts in the shop. I'm joined by uh, Danielle Brown, who is Cole's girlfriend for the better part of five or six years, I think. Yeah, six. Six years. So um, we're here at Anaheim 1, which is obviously the, uh, you know, it's, it's the first race of the year, so there's a lot of excitement and anticipation around it so uh how are your nerves coming into this watching your man race for the first time this year um i'm really excited he's come a long way since last year when he got hurt and it was it was hard for a little bit but you know he got over it and got through it and we're both really excited for tonight has it been kind of uh exciting to watch him rebuild himself both physically and mentally after his uh injury yeah, definitely. It was more of a mental thing. It was it was really hard to overcome an accident like that. Um, you know, he was in a wheelchair for eight weeks after um, we got out of the hospital, and for him to be able to get through that um, mentally, I think that that made him stronger. And he is excited to get out there and race tonight. Okay, so some girlfriends slash wives of racers are like all up in their racers business, like you know, preparing the shakes and in you know doing lap times and all this and that but like I take it you're just more of a casual moral support person yeah um 
I just, I'm just here for whatever he needs. If he needs a sandwich or um, a drink or whatever, I'm just here to help and step back and, you know, not get in his way, obviously. And so he can focus and, um, and perform well. Yeah. So what do you, uh, on, on a personal level, what are you hoping to see tonight? Um, I'm hoping for a podium. That would be nice. Um, obviously, it's his first race back. Aside from the two um, we did in, or he did in Europe, um, so for him to get that practice was really um, nice. But this will be the first race back since his injury. So um, if he can get a podium, that would be amazing. Obviously, just being out there and coming out of it healthy um, is is good enough. Okay, so uh, you're probably pretty good at reading his mood and emotions through the day. Like, how's the day going for him so far, based on what you see? Um, I think he's excited. You know, I think that he's prepared well. He's um, put in the, you know, the work and the training and the hours, and I think he's ready more than ever. So I'm excited to see how tonight goes. After the first time qualifying session of the day, Seeley sat 10th fastest after spending much of the session trying to figure out the quickest way through the rhythm sections. All right, time, first time practice is over, ended up 10th. Did you ever send it, or were you just doing your motos, like you said? I uh, just did my motos, like I said. Um, that's kind of my version of sending it. <laughs> uh, but no, it's like it's good because I mean, tenth doesn't sound that great, but I'm only like eight tenths out of the lead, mm -hmm. which is I mean pretty close. And and really like watching the footage, it's just a few minor sections. So um, I don't know. I'm I'm never really good at just sending a lap, like just throwing one down and, and going all out. I don't know why, I, I just kind of like, I ride a little smoother than that. Yeah. So practice has never been my strong suit with like getting a, a top qualifying spot, but yeah, I like to more practice. Like I can throw down like like five or six of those laps that put me in 10th, but <laughs> I can't get that one that, yeah, that puts yeah. me in the first. So it's uh, something that I, I work on, but at the same time, like I just focus on my strengths too. Okay, so it's 310 right now. Um, what did you eat for lunch or like what is your eating program like during the day uh well whenever i remember to eat like blake <laughs> has to remind me or my girlfriend um but yeah i just try and have a pretty big breakfast because it's got to last me a pretty long time and then just i just snack throughout the day um try and put good and clean stuff in my body all day long but yeah like just now as soon as i got done with practice between practice and our autograph sessions i'm i was watching times or watching footage studying times eating my lunch which was like chicken rice and avocado mm -hmm. and then, like everything just uh, trying to get enough fluids in me yeah. then I had to go to sign which is which is part of the business right it's just yeah. saying or appreciating the fans I guess and then uh yeah it's, it's hard to remember to eat though like actually like I've actually felt so hungry at, at some races where like I the next day on a Sunday I'll write down what I ate and it's like next to nothing mm. like like way less than I'd eat on a practice day. So I, I really got to pay attention to that. Yeah. So the autograph signing, you know, I've seen riders where they get kind of stressed out and they wear a glove because they don't want to catch germs and get sick from from fans who might be sick. But uh, is that ever like one of the one of your deals? Um, no, not really. I mean, from shaking hands or, or whatever, like, or hugging or whatever fans want me to do uh, then I you know try and sanitize my hands or something like that but I don't stress out about it too much um, did you get any crazy uh, fan requests today no no I, today was actually kind of cool uh, Troy Lee gave me like 10 kids jerseys with my name on them to hand out to the kids so like I actually forgot about it and then one fan came through and it was complaining like hey they don't have anything for sale up front like at the 
the vendor like with Sealy on it or anything like that. And I was like, oh, I got jerseys. So I ran, ran back up to my bunk, grabbed the jerseys and, and gave them to her sons. So cool. that, was, that was pretty cool. I mean, but other than that, I don't get any crazy requests. Mm-hmm. I think my first one uh, was my craziest. Like some girl asked me to sign her chest. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it was like I peaked earlier and I haven't really had that since then. <laughs> Right on. Well, you got one more practice session, right? Yep. Is the track deteriorating at all? Like did that under the tunnel left turn before the big double, it looked like it had a kind of a gnarly chopped up rut in there. Yeah, all the all the ruts are getting really choppy right now, and it's it's going lower and lower and lower. Like the, um, the lines keep getting lower in the turn, which is typical. The rain looks like it's coming right now, so hopefully it's said four <laughs> earlier. I don't know. I don't even know when our practice. I think three fifty. So. We'll see <laughs> if we even get out there for the next practice, but yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, it's what it is, right? We all ride in the same track, but yeah, it is definitely breaking down. Cool. Thanks, buddy. The skies finally opened up and a light drizzle fell on the track during the final time practice session. Sealy was 11th quickest, but remained 12th overall in combined times. All right, Cole. Second time qualifying just finished. I think you ended up 12th. Rain started to come down. 11. Yeah. Rain started to come down a little bit. Uh, did it affect the track at all? Um, it didn't actually. I, I kept waiting for um, it to break traction, and I and times kept getting faster too. And like, I don't know. I was getting kind of nervous because it, I, like I said, I was just waiting for the traction to break because we were getting down to like the really hard packed base out there, but it never did. So, um, kind of got a little frustrated that time. I didn't really get to like put in lap like string together laps and string together entire uh lap focusing on what i had kind of studied before that one mm-hmm. um mainly kind of like make a mistake like i do a lap and then go to put another one together and i'd make a mistake or somebody get my way or, or i don't know it was just kind of hectic that time out there but um is what it is i mean it wasn't wasn't like i'm like super far off um everyone like always at anaheim one is really close and yeah it's gonna be interesting rain started coming down right as we were like lining up to go out for that that uh, practice and it's yeah. still coming down right now and yeah i don't, I don't know we'll see see do how the night goes do you uh change your strategy on lines and stuff knowing that it's gonna be wet <sighs> it, we haven't had a race like this where it's like been a dry practice and then a yeah. wet race in a long time so honestly i don't I'm just gonna kind of wing it yeah. <laughs> like it just see like when we're out there we'll have to see what jumps are doable um a lot of the rhythm lanes are going to be different we're probably going to be doubling through a lot of them if it's really wet yeah um a lot more insides probably if it's really wet so we'll see i mean shoot like i said we haven't really had this thrown at us i don't i don't i don't even remember one yeah well do you think that double out of the tunnel is going to get hairy if it's wet yeah that's like in particular that's one spot that's going to get really hairy i did it a couple times where i rolled the the lip of it and then kind of doubled over the middle part of it <laughs> yeah. just to see you yeah, know like just yeah. in case we have to use that um it wasn't that sketchy but yeah it's gonna be interesting nice so i saw kuzo prepping some goggles and he's got the laminates with the glue on the first one yeah. to keep the water out so how many tear-offs are you gonna line up with you think for the heat race probably 10 to 20 somewhere in there i think the i think the glue ones come with a stack of 10 mm-hmm. and then maybe throw like a half stack or another stack which will be 14 to 17 yeah um 
I don't know though. I don't know if I'll need that many. <laughs> Hopefully I won't. <laughs> so I don't know. We gotta. I gotta talk to him. He's like I just switched over to 100% this year, so I don't know what their protocol is for for rain stuff and all that. Um, so I have to work with him and see what works best, really. Yeah. What about like uh, gear-wise, racing in the wet conditions? I mean, you're. I know that the SE Pro stuff's kind of vented and stretchy and stuff. Like, yeah. Is it important to stay warm or dry when you're racing, or is it just is everyone suffering? Like, would you wear something different underneath your jersey? No, everyone's. I assume everyone's just suffering. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like even like Unadilla last summer in 2017, I, I was still nothing underneath, straight yeah. jersey, and it was like a lightning storm. So, yeah, um, yeah I don't know. <laughs> you know what's uh, interesting to me, having followed you around all day, is like how much studying of the video footage you actually do throughout the day. Yeah, I think it's just like kind of something to pass time really like uh -huh. it's on the tv like every, i always catch myself like okay i just watched the practice and then like you'll just be sitting there and like well i'm not doing anything i might as well watch it again yeah. <laughs> so yeah we get that and then the the ghosting the overlay that we were talking about um i mean that's kind of always there just sitting on the desk so you're like why not just watch it yeah. uh, anytime i go outside i get kind of bombarded with like oh can i get a picture oh can i see you sign this yeah. which is cool but when i'm trying to like kick my feet up and and stay off my feet for the you know for the rest part of it just get caught up in watching footage yeah so is it kind of nice uh having you know kenny as a teammate who's got his own bus over here because then the <laughs> rider lounge all four bunks are essentially for you yeah i know it's uh i wish i had a bus but <laughs> it's uh that's a whole other uh, step, I guess, in the in the career of a motocross racer. But no, I'd, I I'd love to have a bus, but I just it's just not necessary. I don't think I, I save the money and <laughs> spend it elsewhere. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I do. It is a get lonely up here because I get the whole top of the semi to myself, and it ends up being storage, as you can see right now. I was just looking at boxes, and um, people come up here and throw their bags up here, and I like to keep one clean so I can like kick my lay feet down. up and lay down. Yeah. <laughs> So right now, uh, well, it's five o'clock. So between now and opening ceremonies is just kind of chill out and relax and save your energy. Yeah, I just kick my feet up. Um, I don't know, just try and rest up and and I don't know. I, I I always find like when I'm running around and like I love to go and say hi to everyone and sign autographs and do that whole thing. But at the same time, it wears you down a lot. So yeah. <laughs> try and stay up here. Um, turn the lights off if I have to. And just kind of chill out and listen to music and vibe out and then uh kind of like the film that i just studied to think about you know what i'm going to do in the next you know next time i line up and i don't know it's just a, a lot to take in and kind of think about before the for the gate drops yeah okay so uh opening ceremonies you know you gotta roll do you know what you have to do in opening ceremonies yet are you are you riding through the the podium or are you coming out of the crowd and they said everyone with bikes tonight so i I'm assuming everyone's riding out of the podium. Yeah. Maybe they'll send us to a, another tunnel, like spread us out. But I think everyone's gonna be on bikes riding through the the podium. And yeah, I don't know. I don't. I didn't even pick my song this year, so hopefully they pick something good. Oh. <laughs> do, you, do you have a skit this year? Or no, no they're skit. not. They're not doing that stuff this year. No, they don't care about me this year. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't even in the the uh, preseason. The preview show? No, I wasn't oh. even to make that. That's sad. They don't know. They have yeah, no idea. Yeah, I know. I got hit up like bunch, bunch of fans like DM me, like, "Hey, how come you didn't do the preview show?" I was like, I honestly had no idea it was being filmed. <laughs> they never talked to me. Nice. So, 
Oh, well. <laughs> okay, so um, opening ceremonies, and then two uh, 250 class heats, and then... I think I'm even. I think I think I ended up being 12th overall between the two practices, so... Um, so that'll be heat one. Okay, so heat one. do you warm up before you go down for opening ceremonies, or do you come back and get warmed up before you go back down to your heat? I'll probably I'll probably go down, come back up, and sit on the spin bike until yeah. I have to go down. Um, usually, like, because sometimes if if you're in the top three in points, they hold you down there. So you go do your opening ceremonies. They hold you, do your interview on the starting line, and by the time you're done with that, then it. You're, you've killed so much time so you just stay down there so yeah. I would warm up before I head down but in this instance I'm just doing the opening ceremonies and then riding straight back to the truck mm -hmm. and we're parked like right next to the tunnel so yeah it's easy. so what we do you jump on the spin bike and how hard we ride are you just just hard enough to break a little bit of a sweat or? yeah break a sweat stretch out a little bit just do basic movements it's so cold today and tonight so it's going to be important just to stay warm and stay kind of you know, aerobic till till I go down there and line up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we'll be watching for your song. <laughs> Hopefully, it's something cool. But uh, good luck, and we'll uh, catch up to you after the heat. All right. Thank you. After suffering a mediocre start, Seeley rode smoothly and steadily en route to a fourth place finish in his heat race and a direct transfer into the main event. So you went from seventh to fourth in the heat race. Had a really nice pass on uh, Supercross champion and that right-hander. How'd you feel out there, and how was the track? Was it slippery? Yeah, it was really slippery. Nothing that I was doing in the practice, like all the good stuff I had from practice was not working that time. Like everywhere, I don't know, I was focusing on, on like having a lot of intensity. It just wasn't working. almost crashed a couple of times. Um, but yeah, it was good. I mean, first few laps were a little sketchy for me. And then once I found my groove, I felt like I was going really fast, so I was pretty stoked on the way I was riding after that, but it just took a minute to get, get settled. That, that rhythm section on the like third baseline, it looked like you did something different every lap. Yeah, it was like, well, I don't know, it's, something might have happened to Jason Anderson's bike, but he kind of got in my way a couple of times through it, and then he'd like kind of cross jump me. And then like a lap would be there and it was just yeah like you said every every lap was a little different but if i can just get to my main line then i'll be fine yeah i saw early in the race one lap when you're behind plessinger you didn't get to double the first double yeah after I, the tunnel yeah i actually passed plessinger and then i went to go like kind of scare savachi and he he still jumped it like i went inside and um it was kind of a stupid move but um it was is what it is i mean like he Plessinger got back by and then kind of just followed him for the rest of the race. Yeah. Was the track uh, in that weird, in-between, muddy, super muddy state where it was a little bit too slippery? Um, oh, Malcolm stalled it. Um, yeah, it is. It And it, I think there's more rain on the way. I don't know. It's kind of like every time we line up, the track's going to be a little different. So we'll see, see how it is for the main event. Right on. Good luck. Thank you. A steady rain turned the racetrack into a sloppy mess during the first main event of the year, but Seely endured the conditions and finished a solid 10th place in what was his first race in 10 months. So Cole, we talked all day about the rain that might come, and <laughs> it waited to come until the last minute, and yeah. uh, that was a pretty challenging main event, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was, uh, and the, 
the heat race was really good like like we touched base earlier i was pretty stoked with that um coming out with fourth and i don't know i i was really happy like i felt like i had a lot of a lot more speed than i i, I thought i had and definitely like surprised myself and and you know going down to the line i was like oh man it's dumping right now like there's the track's not going to be the same and it's it's going to be everything that i learned in the practice and in the heat race and all day long it's completely out the window like yeah. start from square one and nobody's taking a parade lap we're just sending it into this thing so it was it was a uh, definitely interesting first race back um placed 10th which is not great obviously but can't complain um just like I just wanted something to build off of something like okay I, I got 10th next weekend let's let's push for a top eight or top five mm -hmm. and and build and build and learn more about the bike and um I think I, I was kind of shadowed by a lot of other stories coming into this season and um I think people forgot <laughs> like I was second yeah. in points last year before I destroyed myself even even some promoters from the from the sport even were like I don't know I was kind of bummed out that I was excluded from a lot of the the hype of coming into this season you know it was a really mm -hmm. big decision that I had faced earlier this year or last year um yeah. deciding to come back and race and and I don't, it kind of got <laughs> kind of got swept under the rug but it is what it is um you know I just kind of I'm always kind of a under the radar kind of rider but um yeah I'm just I'm happy you know it's 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 uh, gonna be a good season like I said we got we got settings that we're gonna try now we have a direction to go in and every race is a is a you know a learning point and, and a stepping stone and this is definitely a, a crucial one for sure you know kind of having a new not a new chassis but a new settings that we had tested during the off season that were working knowing that they went in the right direction and that we can um, improve on those uh, week to week yeah dude how nerve-wracking was it on the first lap like racing and like not knowing how rutted some stuff was or like yeah it was really hard and it's the hard thing about it too is is like when you're watching like oh that's gnarly but when you're racing <laughs> you should go look through my goggles like you when you're racing you can only do so much to a set of goggles and and mud prep a helmet and to be as comfortable as you can and like sometimes i take off of a jump and be like well i hope i'm in the right rut i hope i'm not like cross-rutted i hope this this rut hasn't deteriorated or whatever and yeah it's like i'm kind of like looking through all the you know in between the rain dots and just like sending it <laughs> yeah um i i think like that's one aspect as a viewer that you can never replicate or never really get that full experience yeah definitely how did uh how did the whole goggle situation work out? Did you keep them on was, the whole race? Yeah, I kept them on. Um, they, I got a little bit of water in them, in like halfway, and let some guys buy me. And and once I kind of regrouped, I, I got the tear offs off, and I was like, okay, like I'm gonna keep my goggles on. I could see I was catching Anderson for tenth, and I was like, all right, as soon as I get past him, these things are coming off because I only have so much vision. <laughs> yeah. And I passed him, and then I was like, all right, before I passed him, I was like, all right, if I can kind of not ride his line i can save these goggles and then keep them for the rest of the race yeah so it's kind of some damage control in there and then um yeah i just i i kept them on my face the whole time but um <clears throat> i just need to like i just switched brands and <laughs> of course the first race i line up with with 100 goggles it's uh it's the most challenging it's the most challenging and and i've never i've never done a mud race with them so i don't know like what the best options are mm -hmm. um the 
they were pushing for another way and I was like well I really like the way these are set up they work well in the heat race let's go with these and I probably should have listened to those guys because they probably know a little bit more than me about the the product but they they work great um uh in the heat race and and all day and it's just it's just like I said a learning thing with a new company yeah how many times in the race were you like coming out of a corner or approaching an obstacle intending to jump it and then you get like too much wheel spin and chop it at the last second um not a whole lot actually yeah like uh, maybe a couple times on that jump over this the start was really sketchy yeah that's where i was in particular where i was talking about where i would just sit into that thing and be like well i hope i'm not (laughs) cross-roading and it was a big jump and um but most of the time i was kind of committed i didn't try and take too many risks Mm because um mainly because i was kind of nervous while i was out there but yeah yeah i mean there was a there was one time too with the with the triple right after the whoops where I kind of got cross rutted and I was like eh, it's probably better to double this thing right now yeah but for the most part the rhythm sections were they're challenging but I could get through them okay so throughout the day you know I've kind of asked you like were you really nervous about coming back and stuff and like now that it's done and behind you was there some serious like nerves going on coming yeah, back for your for first sure. race back? yeah I I try and hide it and try and um, not that you're gonna go tell anybody, but I just try and like keep to myself about about certain things like that, and it's um, and part of it is I feel like if, if I put it out there, like it, it's real. Like if I yeah. just hold it in and yeah. like don't don't let don't everyone, speak it. Know, yeah, then it's not it's not out in the universe and not, nobody knows. So it's uh, yeah, I mean it's it's hard not to be nervous at Anaheim one, even if I was even if I had a great season last year and, mm-hmm. and like, which I did, but didn't ha- then had the injury. But if, even if I had a great season and came into this thing with zero injuries and my body didn't go through what it did, it, it's always going to be nerve wracking at the Anaheim one. Um, I think a little extra for, for somebody like me who kind of grew up coming to this race as a kid and, mm-hmm. and watching my heroes race here. So it's, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm always going to be nervous here. So a hometown race like this with your mom and your dad and your brother here, is that more comforting or is that even more nerve-wracking because they're all here? Um, it's it's comforting. I mean, yeah. like, my brother used to work uh, at Answer and, and was my goggle guy at Spy for a little while, so yeah. I, I'm used to him being here. Like, he used to just get bored and come hang out with, with mm-hmm. me in my bunk. Um, so I'm used to having him here. My mom and dad are trying to come to as many as they can. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's more kind of hectic. Like, I yeah. have so many friends and so many family where if I go outside and say hi, then I just get swarmed <laughs> and, like, like I really appreciate everyone coming out here to support me, um, especially like local fans and like I get a lot of people from the same area saying hi and, and all that, and that's really fun to connect with those guys. But at the same time, like I, I'm here to race and I have to really yeah do your job. Do like well, yeah, I have to remind myself to do my job. You know, like I yeah. gotta go up, I gotta remember to eat, I gotta remember to get my rest, and that's I think that's a, a side of things that, that people don't really yeah. <laughs> really think of, like uh, and. I mean, if, if I take a minute with every single fan, it's it's uh, it adds up fast. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, hey, man, I really, really appreciate you letting me uh, hang out with you all day. And, and I think it's going to be cool. I think the listeners will have a good uh, insight as to what your day's like. I mean, I certainly learned a lot hanging out. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having us, man. Yeah, thank you. I think, yeah, I think um, any information that we can give to, you know, the audience and, and kind of show them a different side of the sport's always cool and and it's kind of a little bit out of the box like you know we're so used to these same interviews over and over and over yeah. i think i think kind of the, the shadow aspects uh definitely a cool thing i think it'll i think the, 
the fans and, and all that are going to dig this for sure. Cool. All right, man. Drive safe. Thanks. You've been listening to the Swap Moto Live podcast show presented by Ogio and hosted by my dad, Don Mera. Thanks for listening.